to episode one of Who Cares, a Young Carers podcast. Every month we will be recording from Blackpool Carers Centre at Beaverbrook's House, the local carers service for Blackpool. As part of Young Carers Action Day 2021, we want to highlight and discuss the amazing skills that young carers learn as part of their care role and how these skills can be transferred into employment. This week we are joined by six young carers who are going to share their experiences. Uh, my name's Lucy, uh, I'm 15 and I care for my mum. Uh, my name's Robin, I'm 18 and I care for my dad. My name's Ellie, I'm 17 and I care for my mum and my sister. My name's Abby, I'm 17 and I care for my dad. My name's Heather, I'm 17 and I care for my mum. Uh, my name's Neve, I'm 12 and I care for my nana and my sister. Okay. As we're going to be discussing the future of young carers and how their skills are utilised in employment, Let's talk about our aspirations of five-year-old kids. Like, what did you want to be when you were, like, five years old? I can start. I, I wanted to be a chef when I was younger. And I wanted to be a chef all the way up till about 16. I mean, I went on work experience for school to a, to a hotel in Blackpool, and I absolutely hated it for <laughs> two weeks. It was a hot, sweaty kitchen, and we just had to be over this big pan stirring, like, potatoes and soup for hours every day. And I, I left that scarred, and I never wanted to going to a kitchen <laughs> that's what I wanted to be when I was young I think when I was five I wanted to be a farmer I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to live on a farm and be a farmer I loved the idea of waking up and going outside fields and just spending the day with cows and sheep mm-hmm. and then as I got older I realised it wasn't just sitting in fields spending all day with animals it was all the hard work that went with it so that idea kind of went quite quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I was quite generic really, I just wanted to be a ballet dancer um, and then uh, I just gave up on that idea because it was too much hard work, a lot of practice um, and I think then I went on to want to be a vet. When I was younger I wanted to be an ice cream taster so I worked in the factory and ate all the ice cream but I don't think that'll work now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. I know, yeah, <laughs> can't remember because I just don't remember that far back so I have slept quite a bit since then. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a doctor or like working in medicine and stuff. Okay. Um, I wanted to own like a hotel for dogs. A hotel for dogs? <laughs> yeah, like when you when your owner went on holiday you came to the hotel and just stayed there. That's a great idea. I have a job there, please. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I might call them I'm going to steal that one. Like, I'm <laughs> well, I wanted to be a Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> I wanted to own my own cafe because I had all of them like plastic toys with all the food. Oh, so yeah. I had a vision that I was just going to own my own cafe and it was going to be so popular. <laughs> <laughs> So we've spoken about what we, when we were five, what our dreams were, what we wanted to do. So from this point now, in the present, what are your plans or your aspirations for the next five years? Has anyone got a solid plan or are you just kind of going with it and seeing what happens? Well, I'm hoping to have either achieved or be close to achieving a master's in marine biology. Nice. I want to 
open a cake shop. Cake shop? Yeah. <laughs> Save it up for a car. Good, I know. So. <laughs> Hopefully, if I plan it out right, I'll have it within the next year. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's what it's about. It's about setting little goals, isn't it? And working towards each one. It's hard work, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But all, all the things that are worth it always are, aren't they? It's always hard work. Yeah. I just think I want to be able to go on holiday and like <laughs> see people and go to shops and yeah, be nice. <laughs> we'll be able to do that by five years from now. But <laughs> I want to work in a hospital with children, but I feel like I'd give up and change my mind. <laughs> and be a Disney princess and be <laughs> dress up for them. Oh yeah, I'll dress, up, dress up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. That's mixing both. <laughs> school teacher because mm-hmm. I just love working in the environment with like kids and that yeah mm-hmm. that's always been like what I wanted to do yeah and I suppose at the minute with everything that's gone on recently it's really hard to actually make a bit of a plan for the future because none of us know kind of what's going on in the near future do we um but has anybody has anybody made a plan has anyone got a specific plan no, just go with the flow. Just go with yeah. the flow, see what happens. Well, you're at college and, you, and, and university, aren't you? So that's part of your plan, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To, to get the qualifications to do what you want to do. That's part of your plan. You must be planning to save up for a car. Are you planning for lessons or have you taken lessons? Um, I'm going to start when I can actually do it again. Mm. I'm going to start my lessons and then... Mm. Are you going to be like the, the designated driver of all your friends? Yeah, <laughs> everyone's, <laughs> already, everyone's already booked me. Just that taxi service, £2.50. So during the lead up to the uh, podcast, we've been asking you to think about the skills you guys have developed as part of the care, caring roles. Um, so what sort of skills have you guys identified that you have from being a carer that could help you gain you know, your future aspirations? I'd say I've gained skills in like empathy and understanding people's emotions yeah. because my care role is more mental and like mentally and then I feel like I've grown a lot about maturity and like learning how to cope with certain situations. Absolutely, no, I think that's a really good one. That could help in like customer service and communication and stuff because you can read yeah. people's moods. Especially yeah. angry people. <laughs> you yeah. know how to deal with that yeah. kind of thing, don't you? I think it could be transferable to pretty much any, any job, couldn't yeah. it, really? Um, I think I've got good communication skills because my caring role is more physical than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot of responsibility, a lot of resilience, and because I'm really careful, I've been ab- I'm now able to deal with very difficult people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, like Don said. Similar, yeah. yeah. I think mine's more the responsibility of everything, mm-hmm. because of obviously I've got caring for two people, it's more difficult than just one, yeah. so you've got to have the responsibility of taking on all that and then all the rest of it as well. Mm-hmm. So. And I imagine that's quite a lot of pressure, so I'd say we're, we're working well under pressure, you know, that's Matt, I think, in every single... Sometimes, not, not all the time. No, but even sometimes, <laughs> even sometimes. And managing your time as well, isn't it, between different people and recognising different needs as well and adapting and being able to sort of support people with dif- different needs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put cooking, cleaning and childcare, which I think is good because like, it sets me up for like future. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Important life skills, aren't they, that you, mm-hmm. that you need to, to use in, 
when you get older, I suppose like got old heads on you and shoulders, haven't you? You've yeah. done more stuff than people your age have, so. And you've adapted to it, and I think being able to adapt to things quickly is also a really good skill to have for when you go into employment or further education. It's always a good thing to have, isn't it? Anything from Heather? Well, I think mine's more like responsibility. Obviously, I have different types of things I have to do, and mm-hmm. obviously, when I have to help my mum, like lift a lot of stuff. But um, I think I would say it's more responsibility because obviously I've got new things I have to do like every day. Yeah. That's just as important as anything else, really, isn't it? Being responsible, mm-hmm. being able to handle certain situations. Uh, I put like being able to talk to people. Like, if you go into a shop and you have to explain something, like, oh, they're only doing this because of something, so you're able to like talk to people more. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a good skill for like the future and stuff. Um, so talking about going into jobs, we've kind of we've kind of explained how you could use those skills in in employment haven't we there how you can transfer those things that you've learned and how you've maybe got an advantage over people that aren't carers I, i've already got a job so it's just ah, showing off now <laughs> so do you think some of the skills you've learned from being a young carer you use in your job definitely yeah i think that if i didn't have the caring roles behind me i'm obviously with my cv and everything and what it says on it i don't think i would have got the job mm. because it shows on my CV and obviously me having the interview that obviously I've got a lot of experience with stuff like that and caring and stuff yeah yeah so it just kind of helps you a lot I think that's really important as well like you said putting it on your CV that I think a lot of people probably wouldn't because they just yeah. think oh it's just what I do at home I it's never not thought to put it on well this but that's what I mean it's skills you have it's like, it's like they, they see the dedication that you have as well yeah so if you've if you've been caring for like as long as I can remember then they look at that and they think, wow, well, she, if she can stick to that, then she's got a responsibility and they're yeah. level-headed and stuff like that. So that's why they kind of lean towards Absolutely. people that have that stuff. And you can think of that, you know, you don't just need to think about employment and jobs. It could be college applications or university applications that you could you could use those skills and explain those skills and how that would help you sort of in your further education as well. So, you know, looking at if you wanted to go into, I think you said about nursing and stuff, weren't you? So all those skills are definitely going to help with, with that in particular, but equally, you know, that um, time management and being organised and um, being able to, you know, work with lots of different people and adapt, yeah. like we said prioritize, before. Prioritise, yeah. Yeah, all of those things. I think uh, being like a carer as well, you have to be a lot more patient. Mm-hmm. So like if you work somewhere and you have like, a customer was like hard to deal with like a lot of people wouldn't know how to do that but like you kind of get used to having to be like patient and stuff so that's good as well yeah definitely absolutely and i think it's great that you can identify your care in a positive way and you can channel it and explain to people how it makes you a, a more rounded candidate for a job i suppose yeah i think yeah. that's well yeah it gives you more understanding though because like obviously in different shops like obviously you have people at work areas who Obviously, my mum's in a wheelchair, but there's always people who come in in wheelchairs, but some people just ignore her and yeah. think, oh, yeah, like, I'll just push her out of the way. It's like empathy. I, I'm just like, don't do that, because yeah. you don't know mm. what it feels like. Yeah. And it, I think it kind of helps you understand more, like, you never know what someone's going through. Yeah. So, 
you know, obviously we've been in customer service. If you talk badly to someone, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know how it will affect them. Yeah, so it's, it's respect, get, isn't it? Yeah. And that's probably that's probably one of the biggest qualities anybody yeah. could ever have, whether yeah. you're an employee of somebody or just just in general. You just tend to smile at everyone, like even if they're being like funky to you as well. Mm. Just try and make a laugh out of it because you just don't judge someone because they're being grumpy to you as well. Mm. Mm. So. I smile at strangers all the time. I think it does make your day though. Yeah. If someone smiles at you or says something really nice, it could just be anything. I used to take it to I used to take it to an extreme and wave at people. And when I was driving mainly and I was a passenger in a car, I'd just wave at random people and you could see them think, Do I know <laughs> No, you don't know me, but now you're gonna think Who's that person? You're going to be thinking about that all day, aren't they? <laughs> See that next time you're in a car, wait for some random person. <laughs> so next. Yes, yeah, so we are very lucky to be joined by Faye Atherton, who is our quality director here at Blackpool Carer Centre. Um, she is also our boss, so be nice. Um, so she's here as an employer to talk about how the skill you guys have identified earlier would make you a desirable candidate when you're applying for a job. Um, so I've worked here for 10 years now and did start off working with young carers and I've worked with young carers a long time ago as well. Um, so I know that everything you bring to the table is your streets ahead of the peers that you have around you. You know, you know how to run a house, you know how to budget, you know how to be very committed and, and all the things that you spoke about today. Um, but I, I'm not always sure that you... I think, I think you take that for granted and I think it's important that you have lots of pride about those skills. They're really valuable as an employer, you know, I look for those kind of things in an interview and they're often not the things that people can put on paper, you know, they're, they're often not the things that um, people, young, young people without that kind of life experience and work experience naturally have, but I know that, that you guys do have that because you've pretty much grown up around that. And the things that you haven't mentioned today that I think are really important as an employer is that being able to think on your feet. You know, how many times have you dealt with a situation? I know you've mentioned some of the situations maybe when you're out in the community and somebody maybe doesn't react in the way that you want them to react and you have to deal with that. But just generally at home, I bet your lives never go to plan. I, I imagine your days, you know, are often you know, I didn't plan for this, but hey, this is happening and I've just got to get on with it and you problem solve and you you think about how that affects other people as well as yourself. And I think those are really, really valuable skills that, you know, you should always put on a CV. Um, being a carer is something to be proud of and it's something that definitely as an employer I would view as life experience that you're not going to get from anything else. It's so valuable um, that, you know, you do yourself a disservice by, by not recognizing that because it's definitely not something to hide it's something to put out there as um, you know a very valuable part of your identity and a very valuable experience for you to be able to share um, and for me and I, and I said this to Amy and Sam this morning you're all leaders in the making you've you've led already you've led your household you've 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 led lots of things in your life you know you're the future leaders of organizations like this or or bigger organizations because you you have those skills because leadership is all about thinking on your feet being able to deal with difficult situations being able to plan 
plan for the unexpected, react to the unexpected, you know, all the budgeting that you do, um, all those communication skills that you've talked about, you know, smiling at people when you don't really want to smile at them, but you know it's the right thing to do. Those things are so valuable and not that common. So, you know, sat in this room now are people that I'm sure would be able to lead teams and lead organisations and, and be really powerful in the world. So, you know, that's what we're looking for as an employer and I'm sure most employers are as well. So those of you who have applied for jobs, have you included anything? So Ellie, you, I know you said you've got a job now. Did you include your current experience either in your interview or in your application? Did you use that as, as evidence of, of who you are and what you're capable of? Well, they start, obviously I put Duke Edinburgh on my, um, on my CV. Yeah. And from that, it was just asking me loads of questions like how did I get into it and stuff. So obviously I explained the young carers bit. Um, and then just started asking asking me questions from there of, okay. you know, what do you do and how does it affect you in your normal day-to-day -day life and stuff like that. And um, just asking, like, how does it affect you and how do you get on with it and how do you deal with certain situations and stuff like that. So you could use real-life evidence to answer those questions. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else applied for jobs or used it in a college application? So I have a job, but... I didn't use my caring role in it. Didn't I only just said that obviously my mum's high risk, but that's all I said to them. But you know, obviously I look after my mum. But they asked me like, will it affect me working? So I was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what to say to them. Mm -hmm. I think it's difficult because sometimes <coughs> employers don't completely understand themselves what taking on somebody who has a caring role will look like, and they might worry about those. You know, oh, is she always going to have to have time off, and and all those kind of maybe quite negative things. But actually, if you know, the way I would always sell it is that as a carer, you can juggle many things. You're streets ahead of the the other people in your um, age group who haven't had to juggle those kinds of things. So of course you can come and get on with it, and you're often the most motivated, most planned, most enthusiastic, and committed member of staff because you're used to dealing with all this in the background, so of course you can get on with it, and you might need some support along the way. But that honesty at the beginning about being a carer, I think you know, the, the positives are that you are the person you are, and you're capable of doing that job. And yes, you might need some additional support, but that's, that's not without its benefits, is it? Because if that keeps you employed and keeps you on that team, as I've said, your kind of skills that you have, that leadership, and, and commitment and motivation, then they'll want you on the team and they'll look after that side of things for you. So it's how you sell it to an employer. It's definitely something that stands out on an application form. Lots of people will say, I've got a degree and I've been to uni. That doesn't make them a rounded person. That doesn't mean they can run a household. That doesn't mean they can budget well. It probably means that they've just gone and got drunk for quite a lot of two years or three years or whatever it is. And that's all part of being a young person and, and that's fine. But you bring something different and you bring something really, really valuable. Um, so why not let that kind of shine out in an application or, or an interview? Uh, because that definitely sets you apart from, from the people that have been at university and got all, you know, we've churned them out and they've all got the same degree and they've all had that kind of similar experience. But you're different in a really, really good way. And it's sometimes I know life's tough as a carer. There's lots of demands, there's lots of ups and downs, there's 
times when you probably just want to come in and lie on the floor and not speak to anybody mm -hmm. for an hour or so and that's what we're here for but there's also lots of positives in 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 every caring role of what you're gaining along the way um so why not use it yeah, very sad. <laughs> had, had anyone thought of using the caring role in applications or anything before sort of this discussion? I always thought of being like a carer as sort of like a setback instead of an advantage. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, it's nice to hear that you can use it to your advantage mm -hmm. in like a work environment. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think? Because I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people will see, would see it as that as a setback. But why do you think that is? Because I don't know either. I think just because, like, if something's happening at home or something and you can't make it into work, that's, like, sort of the automatic thing that you think of yeah. as, like, an employer. But there's also many other factors to being a carer mm -hmm. than just being, like, in on time or, like, mm. um, doing everything, like, perfect on time. You've yeah. also got a lot of uh, factors that you can put into the job that other people might not have. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We have carers on the team here, so people that come to work like you with a caring role behind the scenes, and they're the most committed and dedicated members of staff that we've got um, in in the main. You know, they they want to be here. They want to prove themselves. Where you know, if a caring role situation arises and they have to go off and take somebody to an appointment or be in late, they're the first ones to make that up and want to prove themselves and. And I think because they know what it's like on the other side, they, they want to be here and make, make life better for carers that we support. But it is about, um, I, I get that sometimes people want to not talk about the caring role because they want to go to work and just be themselves and not be, oh, it's Lucy the carer. You, you know, you kind of want that separate identity um, because it feels like this is about me. I'm coming to work to just be me, not to be somebody who cares for somebody. But everything that comes along with being a carer forms part of you. It's, it, it is part of your identity, all those skills that you've developed and, and all those experiences that you've had. And channeling them in a positive way, I think, only improves your confidence and improves you know, the, the kind of opportunities that are offered to you because you can build on those experiences you've had, whether they be good or not so good. I think you also see it's like a bad thing because... When you're doing it, you're kind of like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, if your friends are going out, you're like, oh, well, I can't because I'm doing this. So you kind of just see it as a bad thing because most of the time you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Or you never thought of it as like, you you have more like everyday skills than everybody else. So that's like a good thing as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Do, do you feel more confident in applying for jobs with the experience and skills you have gained from your caring role? And maybe after our, our conversation or our podcast, do you feel like you've maybe put it on TV now? Now we've talked no. about both sides, positives and negatives. Yeah, 100%, because I always thought, oh, I've got a degree, so I'm more qualified than everybody else mm. has. But now I know that I'm a carer as well, and I can now use that mm. with my degree, so it's even more people are sitting there listening to my feet, and not a lot of people will be able to do that. There's mm. a lot of situations I've had to deal with. One second I can respond, the next second, you know, it's all gone downhill so mm -hmm. I know how to change and to kind of not really change but more think my feet than anybody else so mm -hmm. yeah. 
So you're a real force to be reckoned with then, because you come with the degree and the yeah. powers of being a carer as well. Yeah. So yeah, she'll be leading something in the next year or so. Won't she? And I think, like Faye said before, you know, having a degree is great, but that yeah, gives yeah. you a qualification in one specific mm. subject. Whereas with your caring roles, you've got a whole host of skills and qualities that could set you in the right direction for so many different jobs. I know I've spoken um, some of you guys in the past about some of you don't know what you want to do in the next five years and that's fine people get to 40 50 and have a complete change in in career because and that's okay you don't have to know what you want to do but going back to what I was saying about having a whole host of skills you've got them for life once you've got them you've got them so it can put you in in the right kind of direction for any kind of job I always kind of see it as a toolbox, you know, the, mm. the toolbox that you develop through being a carer is, um, it's, it's like gold dust, isn't it? You know, you've got those, um, you're good at managing your time, you, you can multitask, you can deal with different, you know, how many times have you had to speak to a doctor or, or a consultant or somebody or be able to understand something that's going on in an appointment to relay to the person that you look after because he couldn't take it in. You know, those are really valuable skills and you've probably been doing that from being very young um, and other people your age wouldn't have a clue they wouldn't be able to pick the phone up and speak to a doctor or even sit in an appointment and decipher everything that's going on you know th those are really valuable skills alongside that kind of running a house and the life skills and like Neve said I think it was you Neve said about all those practical skills that you do around the house you might not really feel like doing it but it becomes second nature, but somebody else your age who would be asked to do that would, would not have a clue where to start. So your toolbox is full before you've even gone to university or college or started in a job. Um, so, you know, have a look through it. Have a look through your toolbox when you're applying for a job or, you, you know, you're going and having an interview for college or university because lots of people haven't got that kind of toolbox at this age when they're starting to make those decisions about what happens next in their life. But, but you lot have. Okay, can we move on to the next uh, yeah. carer versus section? Yes, you're right. Go for it. Okay, it's just like a little quiz. Do all the carers against the professionals. So, how many carers are registered 2020 with Blackpool Carer Centre? I'll let the, the professionals give me an answer first and then you can maybe just go off the back of theirs. Can we have time to discuss? Nope, you get <laughs> 10 oh. seconds. Are you kidding? <laughs> he was arranged. This is a podcast, we've got to keep it moving. I mean, the, uh, he was arranged? No. How many carers are registered with us? Looking at you. <laughs> I think it's around about 8,000. 8,000. Oh, 8, oh, God. Just like in Blackpool. Yeah, with, yeah. with, with Blackpool carers. 8,000. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could be clever and go a little bit higher or a little bit lower. Eight thousand. Eight thousand. Not just eight thousand more. Yeah. What are you going for? I, I don't know. I remember Sam saying something like, "Oh yeah, it's like one in three people like carers." So <laughs> Sam just makes things up. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the truth. Well, they, they, they went eight thousand. What are you going to go with? Should we go just one higher? No, yeah. 8,001. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a sneaky thing to do, that's what I it do. It could be closer. It could be yeah. like lower. I need like an answer. Simple. Should we just do it? I think, just do it. I think 8,000 is 8,000. 8,000. Yeah, 8,000. You should have gone with 8,001. 
because the answer is 8,082. So you would have been closer if you got no one ever listens than to one. <laughs> but I, th- I think that's an interesting number because Neve thought that was, oh, wow, that's really high. And actually, and I don't know if you've heard of the census. Mm. Yeah, so it's happening this year. Every 10 years, there's a national census that takes lots of information about everybody in the country. So everyone fills a form in and says what their home situation is. And the last census, obviously, you work it out but if it's being done this year the last one was in 2011 and just from that census 10 years ago it worked out there's approximately about 16,000 carers in Blackpool and that was then so there's going to be more now Um, so it's a huge amount of people that maybe they don't even know that they're providing care it's just something that they do because I'm sure lots of you have have probably been in that situation you think I didn't even know I was a carer more people might have realised it during lockdown. Yeah, like more because, people will because if you like out during like like going out and not thinking much about it, but when you're stuck in the house with someone, you're like, oh, I actually like care for you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the professionals anyway. Faye, Faye, kind of. Um, yeah, I think I helped out. <laughs> no, Faye, Faye is on to one of the next questions because she mentioned one of the answers and it said she doesn't know. Oh, sorry. See what our awareness is like. No, I'll, I'll miss that question now. <laughs> it was about the census and how many carers are in Blackpool. Oh, sorry. 16,000, they said. 16,319. 16,319. <laughs> oh, there we go, one point to the yeah. question. <laughs> She got good eyes to see that. She's got very no, good No, you eyes. just said that. Yeah. Nice to hear she just repeated what I said. She yeah. said it just after you started saying it. Oh, yeah. I said it before then. Very subliminal, that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How much money do unpaid carers in Blackpool save the economy? 70, 70. Do you have 70 million? That is 70 million and one. We made that mistake last time. Yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, 70 million. Okay, 70 million and one. I'll accept that. What are you voting for? 80 million. I don't know. It's actually 301 million. Okay, last question. As of 2020, how many volunteers were registered as Blackpool Carers? Can you give your answer first? Yeah, I need need your answer first now. 124. 124. Have a go on. Yeah, 150. The answer is 250. But there is one more question. How many hours did our volunteers donate in 2020? No. I don't say that. Between 250 people in a year. 
So we go for Faison's at first, then we yeah. can judge yours. Yeah, I think we're strong for 50%. I feel okay. So what are you going to say? 55. 55? You guys? 50, 60 or something. Why are we going above tonight? Are we going to pick lower than higher? You've got to pick higher or lower, haven't you? Think again. Yeah, I'd say it's a bump half. Do you want to say 60? Right, yeah. Uh, like you want 60? Oh, it's longer than it. Think about Muller. 27. Oh, was it like? Hey, wins. 1 0 to a professional. <laughs> 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 next week, or next episode, we'll do another Care of Her. Thank you to everyone who participated in this month's podcast. As a network partner of Carers Trust, we are very grateful to have received funding to enable us to record these podcasts as part of Young Carers Action Day. Don't forget to show your support for young carers by hashtagging Young Carers Action Day on social media. Remember, if you or someone you know is a carer living in Blackpool, please visit blackpoolcarers.org for more information on how we can provide support or give us a call on 01253 393 748. Thanks for joining us for Who Cares, a Young Carers podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please drop us a like or leave a comment in the section below and let us know how we are doing. We'd also really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And feel free to share the pod with your friends and family.